Live from New York. It's the, the fight, fight game, game podcast. podcast. Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> it took two seconds. <laughs> two seconds to go off the rails. Good job, though. We were on the same page, and we didn't even we didn't even talk about that. So, Double G, my co-host John LaRocca, and all of our best friends in the room, the Fight Game Podcast. We promised to come live from New York. It is 1 a.m. Friday morning, and we will do our best tonight. <laughs> so, John, um, I'm gonna say What's this, up, man? I'm gonna say this in the beginning. No 93 Raw. Yes, I'm a little disappointed in that actually, because I love watching those 93 Raws we've been doing. So, but next week we'll be back on it, and I'm looking forward to watching them. Marcus Mack just turned off the show. No, that's it. He's out. He's out. <laughs> we'll be back next week though with the with the 93 Raws. Post uh, two weeks ago, post two weeks from WrestleMania nine. So that's when we'll pick back up. The other thing I want to say is our list of top 35 WrestleMania matches ever. The last, the part five, technically the last five, that is on the website right now. So you can go and check out and see what's number one. We did have an argument though. Um, there was an argument about and. You might, you may even want to pass one of our guests, Dave Dutra, the mic, in a second. But Bret Hart and Owen Hart from WrestleMania 10 was in the top 10, and we had a discussion in our Facebook group about whether or not that should be ranked as highly as it was. Dutra is here, so we might as well ask him where would you have had it ranked, and what do you think about it being in the top 10? And this is as far as greatest WrestleMania matches or openers? Because we had two different discussions. So the, the discussion was about openers, and you thought it was a little bit overrated as an opener. But just as a match overall, if you were to give it a star rating, you know, that kind of, that kind of discussion. I probably should have rewatched that match right before we did this, so it's fresh in my mind. Um, I always thought the match was a tad bit overrated. Um, it's a great match, and especially for its time, like when it... <laughs> The way it was booked, I know a lot of people didn't see it coming, putting Owen over, Owen over clean, but I think it's a great match. I don't know as far as openers go if it's number one. A lot of people do or say they think it is. I think uh, Daniel Bryan and Triple H surpassed that primarily. At May 30. Yeah, uh, primarily because of the heat during that match. The crowd was on fire like beginning to end. And I know it's all part of that yes movement and whatnot. Um, the match technically sound, it was excellent just as the Brett and Owen were, but it got more heat from beginning to end. Um, so I think that one surpassed Brett and Owen as the best opener in WrestleMania history. Um, I don't recall. I, I, I don't recall if it, I, I think that match Owen and Brett could be a top 10 WrestleMania match too. Um, I don't think it'd be top five. It would definitely fall between six and ten. Um, at the moment, I can't sort of pinpoint where exactly that would be. But um, yeah, I, my my point when the Facebook thing was that it, just for Daniel Bryan and Hunter that they beat that match and the heat in that, uh, and it's sort of the reason. Like we, whenever we talk about significant matches, like I don't want to take this off the rails, but Rock and Hogan, right? Mm-hmm. That match gets rated high. Maybe not so much for the work rate as far as like the athleticism, but it's how they're able to keep a crowd engaged, you know, bell to bell. So, so in, in this list, 
it didn't even rank for the top 35. It was outside of the top 35. Right. And I, that's why I was, I was shocked at first, but we're, we're talking about how it's primarily based on like, like work rate, right? Right. It's, yeah. Right. So. Right. It, it is a star rating list. Okay. Yeah. Um, so just to catch people up, if you haven't checked out the list, um, so, uh, I'm going to, I'm trying to figure out where Bretton Owen is in, like I said, it's in the top 10. So this is where it ranks is, I believe it is number nine and then no, actually it's, it's probably, sorry. It is number six. So it is right outside the top five. It's number six. Now, you mentioned Daniel Bryan and Triple H. Uh, that is much further down the list at number 22. So, I mean, it, look, it, we're talking about probably a quarter of a star that separates the matches, right? What were the star ratings for each of those? Do you have those? I do. So the average star rating for Daniel Bryan and Triple H was 4.1. And so it's probably a little bit more than a quarter. And the average star rating for Brett and Owen was four and three quarter. Do you have Dave's for each one? I don't. You have Dave's maybe. Not, not, I have the overall averages for WrestleMania's, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have that off, off hand. Okay. But that is something that I was thinking about, like how do, how do we compare to what he rated it? But I mean, you know, there's nine of us, so it averaged out pretty well. Um, I, I think people have a lot of soft spots for Owen and Brett too. Sure. So for sure. I think that weighs into it. Because it, it told a really good story yeah. at the end of that WrestleMania. Okay. Let's, let's move on. So, um, I guess I want, I want to talk to John a little bit about some of the news that came out today, which is Rowdy Ruddy Piper gets a statue, which is, uh, we were thinking, at least I was thinking it was going to be Hogan. With Piper, it makes a little bit of sense because Ronda Rousey, she's in the main event, WrestleMania. She, her hero, technically her WWE storyline hero is Rowdy Ruddy Piper. What do you think about Piper getting a statue? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm with it. Um, I don't, I mean, if... I mean, in reality, I think people like Hogan and Savage probably deserve one before him. Actually, I have them out the same as Savage, but yeah, I think Hogan definitely deserved one before him. But I think it's they, they have to wait maybe a little little longer for that. But with all the recent stuff with Hogan, so um, yeah, no, I'm I'm cool with it because uh, Piper is such an iconic um, figure, especially in the '80s and the movement when Vince take over is a very important character. You know, without a without a Piper, there's you know, no Hogan in a way, you know, he needs a great villain to work off of. And Piper was, was that guy. Main event of WrestleMania one. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, a, it was a fun show. All right. So, uh, some other news and, and, you know, this is just news that sort of came out while we're out here in, in New York, uh, for the weekend. Um, WWE and A and E are partnering for, uh, documentaries on the following pro wrestlers, Randy Macho Man Savage, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, the aforementioned Rowdy Ruddy Piper, and then Booker T, um, which Interesting. is a little, a little weird. But uh, so I think this is their counter to HBO doing the doc on Andre. 
uh, ESPN doing the doc on Ric Flair, Vice doing the doc on Fabulous Moolah, uh, Savage and Elizabeth, and then the other, you know, Bruiser Brody and Gino Hernandez and mm-hmm. all them. And it's like, WWE's like, you know, why are we going to let other people like do stuff on our guys? Well, like we're going to make, we're going to do this stuff on our own guys. A&E did like the, the kind of like a two part series, right? It wasn't like a three part series of the real old history of wrestling. So it was bad. Well, yeah, they got a lot of facts wrong and stuff like that, but I'm pretty sure those are pretty big rating. Did Steve for them. host that? Did Steve Allen host that? Yes. Yeah, oh, I remember those. I mean, I watched, I watched them all. And Steve um, Allen and the Bolsheviks. I was, I, was, I watched him. <laughs> I watched them and it, they're, they're really entertaining. But then also, luckily, you know, being, you know, being an Observer subscriber, like, when I saw Dave's review, he oh kind of just started breaking it down, like, what was right, what was wrong, and there was a lot wrong on it, but... He wrote, uh, he wrote like, a white paper on the whole thing. It yeah, was yeah, it was, it, was, it was fantastic. <laughs> and so, you know, I can see them going for it again. I think it's, it's nice rating grabs, especially um, Savage would be really good. I mean, hopefully they... I mean, they have the all back. the footage... Right, and they're working with WWE, so they got there. Yeah, exactly. They got footage of everything. So I hope we get some behind the scenes stuff. I hope I like to see that stuff. I like seeing the behind the scenes stuff. I want to see, especially behind the scenes of him and Elizabeth would be really cool. You know, um, you know, Savage is my one of my all time favorites. I mean, I still watch a lot of his old matches, and it's like he's just amazing. There's there's, there's definitely not there's no one like him ever. Like so. I'm looking forward to. I'll, I'll check that out. I'll check all those out, and I'm looking forward to the Vice ones too. So, some of the, I mean, they're this. This is just the beginning, so they're not anywhere near even the, in production. That's just the announcement. I think. I think even like the Austin one is like probably still two years away, but they have announced it. Dutcher has a question. What do you think is the primary reason that they're partnering with A and E as opposed to doing the documentary on the network themselves? Simply because they've done so many of them recently. That's a good question. Like, do you think I, they're trying sure. to, by partnering with a third party, that it lends credibility to the documentary? That that definitely might be some, might be some of it. Um, so the other thing is is that they're actually getting filmmakers to do them. So uh, Billy Billy Corbin, not the same Billy Corbin, but uh, he was he did um, a lot of the ESPN Thirty for Thirty films. He's going to do the, um, let's see, he's going to do the Savage documentary. So I think it's like, if you put them on A&E, maybe you get the real filmmakers who are interested. Maybe if you put them on the network, you're probably not going to get those same, you, you can't pay for them in the same way probably as well. Right. So that, that would be my guess. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like, I think it's, I think it's, by having them, okay, so but they're going to influence the story, being right? Told. But if you give it to a real filmmaker, maybe they can see through the BS. Maybe right now, what did you think of the Andre documentary? I, I love the Andre documentary, um, but I mean, a lot of I, I still don't believe a lot. A lot, of things, a lot of it is legend. I think yeah, I think a lot of it is some tall tales. I mean, pun intended, I guess. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I, I I thought the documentary was great. Um, so, so that was a real filmmaker, right? Like he actually does real sports documentaries and he he even went into it saying, I'm not looking to tell the truth versus what, what the BS is. I'm just going to tell the story because all of these guys who I'm talking to love the Andre stories. And I think the fans will love the Andre stories, but when you give it to real filmmakers, you know, WWE is basically telling us now 
we're working with these guys, but these are, these guys are real. And so hopefully the stories will be as real as, as possible. Now, like you said, there is an influence and they'll have to sort of figure that out. Um, but I'm happy that it's not WWE network telling this story. Sure. Yeah. All right. So, um, some of the other news that came out recently, as we thought, Hulk Hogan back at the hall of fame. introducing Brutus the Barber Beefcake. As expected. As expected. Now, I think the interesting thing about this is they weren't friends, like, just, like, six months ago. But I think they squashed it, though, like, I would say, like, yeah, recently, because, you know, he put out a... They both, like, put out, like, love tweets to each other or something like that, basically. (laughs) And, well, you know... It's, you know what wrestling is, man. We see it all the time. People talk shit and and about Vince and about Triple H. And next thing you know, they're hired by the company again. You know, it's just, just, just the way it goes. So um, what I found funny about it is Hogan and Beefcake were not, like I said, not friends. But when Beefcake published his book and a lot of the stories he was saying that maybe in there about the Hulkster were not in there. Yeah. And Hulkster was like, you're my bro for not publishing those stories. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I guess that's just what it is. Um, okay. Another story that came out this week, Jim Ross going to AEW. Mm-hmm. I the, It seems like the capacity is he's going to be like the, advisor to help these guys sort of figure out the whole game because he's been he did it he did so many things for mid-south he was vince mcmahon's talent guy um and he's been through the biggest highs in the history of professional wrestling and also you know in some lows as well uh i think it's a tremendous hire because these guys are doing something you know they're putting people in charge who have never been in charge of this type of thing before and having someone who has just done just about everything you could do outside of being a perform or a wrestling a wrestler. Yeah, he's he's worn many different cowboy hats. You know what I mean? Like he's he's done a lot, and I think it's smart to have him. They should have him really in the executive side because he was you know he hired a lot of the best that we've seen. You know, like you know uh, Steve Austin, Mick Foley, you know Brock Lesnar, you know you know The Rock. I mean, he's been there for all that. So you're right, like. Cody and Omega and the Bucks, like, they don't have that experience. So a guy like them, like Jim Ross, guiding them is just a perfect move. Because, like I said, it's, it's, AEW is, like, an interesting thing coming forward. Like, I'm looking forward to, to it. I'm, I hope nothing but the best for them. But, like, you have one end, Tony Khan, talking about sports presentation. Then you have signings for, like, the guy from DT who does, like, a very – wacky style and there's you know potentially Joy, Joy Ryan now Rubs free agent in people's faces as, as we as we believe you know as a lot of people think that Joy Ryan's gonna be signed with AEW so how does that fit in with your sports presentation it's, you yeah. know I'm just curious to see what they come up with and you know like anything you got a trial and error right you you know I think Tony's committed to AEW and he's gonna give it all you know all he can mm-hmm. and not give up on it quickly so I'm just curious I, I'm really excited about this year now what do you think about some of the people who think Ross is going to find a way to be the top play-by-play guy in the company. Oh, man. They've, they've talked about Excalibur. They've talked about Alex Marvez. There are other 
announcers out there who, you know, we, we see the free agent game with the, the wrestling talent. There's also going to be a free agent game with other talent out there. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about the people who are really down on the idea that, you know, Jim I, may be... They should, I don't think they should be down. I think Jim still has a lot in the tank when it comes to play to play. It's his passion. That's, his, that's what he... You know, he loves to do it. And I think... I think he'll, he, he'll be motivated with AEW. And I think it's okay to have him be the lead announcer early on because it's a familiar voice and people tune in. That people may... Because, so maybe like the fans that, you know, stopped watching wrestling... You know, they kind of went away. Maybe they they stumble upon it and they hear a familiar voice like Jim Ross in the Attitude Era that they that they remember. Like, I think it's a good thing. I I agree. I, I don't think I don't think I don't know if I would put him in the main play by play role because I think you have you know some guys that you want to give repetitions to like mm-hmm. Excalibur, um, and but what you can do. Is you can bring him in for Omega Jericho, yeah, as a third guy, right? As someone who adds a little bit of color to the to the match, you know, someone who's called just about every important Chris Jericho match that's existed out in WWE. Um, I think that would be really valuable, and it would really raise the game in a sense and make that match feel yeah. extra special. The other thing I think that he should do is he could like. You know, we we've seen the um, we've seen the commissioner role. We've seen the you know Vince McMahon calling shots and Stephanie and Triple H like that thing. I don't think they should do. But if you had Jim Ross in a Jack Tunney role, where all you do is you make a call on an important thing, I think Ross would be great at that. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. I remember you brought that up. I think privately with our group of friends, and I think it's a great idea too. I like that idea too as well. But I mean, people who are down on Jim as a play-by-play guy, I just he's 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 the he's my favorite all-time guy. I think he's the the best ever in my opinion, and I think he's gonna be extremely motivated with AEW. He's lost, you know, they're paying him a lot, and he's gonna he's gonna deliver. He's, and I'm curious to see if he he calls like a Joe Ryan match. That'd be interesting to see. <laughs> but maybe we'll have to go take a pipe break there now. <laughs> yeah, maybe he doesn't call that match. Yeah, maybe he doesn't call that match, exactly. Um, okay, so another piece of news that came out today, there was a press conference in which um, uh, AAA is running Madison Square Garden September 15th. Um, it kind of, I, I mean, th- it's been rumored, right? We've heard about this for uh, for about a week or so, but had like, I don't, AAA in the U.S. has always been sort of like hit or miss. And they've talked about it. You know, they talk about it a lot. Oh, we're coming to the U.S. We're coming to the U.S. And then they don't come to the U.S. And now they're going to run like the most, you know, the biggest pro wrestling venue in the U.S. Or not the biggest, but sort yeah, of the most important. They're going to need a lot of help. I, don't, I mean, I don't even know if even AEW could sell it out by themselves. I don't know. It's uh, it's gonna be a tough gig, and um, I think they're expecting it to be on Mexican Independence Day. That the people in coming to New York to celebrate that would would help, but yeah, it's a big risk. But we'll see how it goes, and I I don't think it's gonna do well as they as they expect. So we went to uh, we went to a show today in Jersey City, mm-hmm. uh, Bloodsport Two, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. 
And it was a really fun show to be live at. I don't know how it came across on TV. I'm assuming it came across really well because people who weren't live really enjoyed it as well. Uh, what what are your quick and dirty thoughts on uh, on the the two hour show that we just watched? Man, I, I I loved it. I thought it was just a fun watch. Um, it what I really liked about it is that from match one to the final match, the main event between Minoru with Suzuki and Josh Barnett, I thought it built like really well. Like each match was just kept getting better and better and better and better. And um, there was a moment where, like, for example, uh, the third to the last match was Dan Severn, Frank Mir. Now, now, it wasn't as be- it wasn't as good as Dave Boy Smith Killer Cross. Uh, wasn't as good as the Gresham match. Um, it wasn't as good as Jr. and Seth. But I mean, people are just happy to see those guys, Frank Mir and Dan Severn. Like, mm-hmm. they're just happy to be see these, you know, legends in mixed martial arts. So they had that moment. I mean, I thought it could have been a little better, but you know, but other than that, they you know they satisfied that 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 fan base to see those guys coming out to the ring. All right, so we, we're not going to go match by match, but um, there are some matches that I kind of want to call out, um, and there are some you know performers who were on the show, and and I kind of want to just talk about what you thought about them. This is a this is a style that is very near and dear to your heart. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, you even your, your promotion when you were running, it was sort of a n- not all the way extreme version of this, but the same style, the same well, sports presentation. And, and honestly, the reason why I'm so excited about this show, not just because J.R. Kratos is on it, and that's, that's, our, that's one of my good friends, and I want to be there to support him, but, like, it was like everything I envisioned Premiere to be with a budget that you can get a guy that's, that, that can do the style, and you can mix legends and MMA and... You know, it just felt like, man, it's like my show that I always wanted to do. But I just had to be there live, and I was, I'm so glad we went. And it was, it was great, and um, I had such a good time. All right, so uh, Phil Baroni <laughs> opened the show. Uh, so no. little, it, 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 what he was there for was a little bit different from why everyone, what everyone else was trying to do. Um, and he won by knockout. He beat uh, Dominic Garini. Uh, and I, for me, not because this is someone that, that I know, but I think the show really kicked off with Jr. and uh, Simon Grimm. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mince any words. That match, that fucking match sucked. <laughs> it it sucked like shit. And like, what happened was like, Brony just came out and fucked around, and it just didn't, it just didn't click. It wasn't a good match. It was, it was, it, they needed a little more drama. I think they should have booked. Uh, Garini to go over clean with like uh, you know like here's Baroni he's the punk he's a New York badass he's an asshole he's going out there gyrate, gyrating in front of women trying to get That's their right. attention like he's just trying to be a scumbag and which is great you, uh, but I think they they should have had that kid go over and you know like I think he's getting get bullied getting bullied getting bullied and Baroni being a dick and then like he he slips in a triangle or a rear naked choke I think that would they they would have had a good pop you know as we talked about earlier today, um, off the microphone, like in a positive, in a, in a positive of that match, that match was such suck shit. Like it kind of like was good, set up a good for Seth and Jr. Because these these guys went out and had a nice, good, solid shoot style match that the crowd really enjoyed, and uh, I was I was excited, you know, like. 
I mean, I don't know if you, <laughs> you know me, like I get emotional. Oh yeah. And like, you know, cause JR is such a good friend. Like, and I know this is a really big moment. It's probably the biggest moment of his career at the, you know, and, and, and I was like, I got a little choked up. Like, you know, I just got, and I was so happy for him. And, and then he had such a good performance and, was, and, and so I was so happy to be there to witness it live. And Seth looked really good. The finish was fucking fantastic. The, uh, the, uh, drop down elbow of doom, I guess you want to call it. And like, I love the fact, the only thing that was, it wasn't, it was nothing to do with Seth or JR. That ref just slid in there, like to protect, protect the fighter. Right. So I think these, unfortunately, these referees were, you know, they're just not training that style. It's not mm-hmm. that they do pro wrestling, quote, quote. And, um, like if they would like watch MMA, like, those fight, those MA refs, man, they fucking just jump in there. Guys are throwing blows. They jump in there to protect the fighter, right? And, and I you think you notice that the UFC referees now, or the MMA referees now, they're all kind of big dudes. Yeah, but I mean, but even like 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 uh, what's his name? Uh, my my guy uh, Hines. Like he's not a big guy, but like he gets in there because it's all about protecting the fighter. Mm-hmm. And I think that would add that little touch of realism. That little touch of realism to it but uh but i like what they were going for and i also my only critique of the match is like, and i talked to jr about this too like like after he won like i just wanted him to i wanted him to, like, to scream and yell because i think the fans like because they don't know him yet out here right a lot of these fans this is the first time they're seeing him like give him that little character moment like show that emotion because it's like a hard fought victory i don't know if, i don't know if you remember kat zagano's first fight in ufc who did she fight i don't remember the fight but all i remember is this moment where her corner, I think her husband or like her late husband, ex-husband picked her up, picked her up and she just screams like, yes. And it's like this, it's like, just like, Oh man. I just like that. I remember like, I remember I actually got emotional in that scene. Cause like you could see the joy in her eye and I just wanted like JR to be like, cause you know, he went through a battle. And I just wanted to see him like, yeah, like I come that realization. Like you just want this big match. And yep. that's, that's all I thought was missing, but like, I, I really enjoyed it. And I was, I'm so happy for him. Was it Misha Tate? It might, yeah, it was Misha Tate. She get, knocked her out the knees, and it was a big fight. And like a lot of people didn't think Cat was gonna win, and and they picked her up. And like, I mean, look it up. It's like one of my favorite MMA moments. Yeah, she's an emotional. Just person. emotional. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just, I just thought it was. Yeah, you know, I just, I wanted. To, there's like that connection when like people come out and you see, and they give that howl that they. You, it just, it just kind of goes through the whole building. And that room, that building was a smaller building, but like people are there and. And they really, you know, they gave JR the respect when he came out. They didn't know who he was, but afterwards they 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 did. But I think they, that that would have been a little extra, little little, little extra for them to to grab, to grab onto. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, I said I wasn't going to go match by match, but there's not that many matches, so we'll quickly go through them. And I I want to get your thoughts on them. Yeah. Uh, Killer Cross and Davy Boy Smith. You already said that you really liked the match. Yeah, great technical. Um, you know, Cross is a Muay Thai guy, and Davy uh, Boy catch wrestler guy. Um, I like the I like the story they told. It was a lot of cat and mouse. Um, I, yeah, it was solid, solid stuff. John Gresham against Masashi Takeda. Masashi Takeda from uh, Freedoms, I believe, in Japan, if I remember correctly. Um, a lot of people associate with him with the the garbage wrestling, the deathmatch stuff. His I mean, he's all his scarred up, all and and like crazy. I think they just he just got slapped in the face. He started bleeding, right? Uh, but he beyond just the garbage wrestler, he's a hell of a worker. Uh, I recently saw him like a year or two ago with in the uh, All Japan Battle of Glory 
uh, round robin tournament. And like, I always look forward to his matches because they were so good. And he did this freaking awesome flying armbar attempt in the match. Gresham is, he's an amazing guy to watch. I really enjoy Gresham a lot. Um, technical, like he's smooth with everything. I think he's training people. Like, if, like I mean, if you're in this area, wherever he lives and train, I think I would go train with mm-hmm. him. Like he's going to teach and teach. He's such an athlete and he knows like what he does well. And like, I, yeah, I love the finish. It was, it was, it was, it was great. This is a show people need to really go on a fight and, and, and buy and check it out. Okay. So he wins by a ref stoppage. Um, and then, uh, the next match is Andy Williams against against Chris Dickinson. Yeah, Dickinson was over like a mother in that building. He's from you know the New York area, mm-hmm. Staten Island, and um, you know I, I liked Andy Williams. I like him. I think he had a, like a really cool look, you know. And um, yeah, I thought he had a good a good solid match. So we, you talked a little bit about Dan Severn and Frank Mir. So uh, Mir wins quick match, and then he he uh, <laughs> says that he's. He's chasing Brock. Yeah, I mean, it was like I said, the fans like enjoyed seeing Dan Severn. They enjoyed seeing Frank Mir. Um, Frank seemed just like, hey, I'm here doing pro wrestling. Like, I kind of wish he had that. Like, I'm ready for a fight. Like, but he's not a he's not a worker. Like, he, I mean, you know, he's this is his first pro wrestling gig, right? So he, I wish, and I just wish they would have let, let Dan get a suplex in. I think they, mm-hmm. I think that would have been a nice pop. And it could have been a nice little suplex where he hits a back suplex, a German suplex, or his like traditional arm in belly belly suplex, and they could have got back to their feet. And then Frank Mir could have got that leg lock on and and submitted him. But you know, but I enjoy. I mean, I like I, said, I enjoyed hearing "I'm Amazing" you know, Frank Mir's theme <laughs> song, which I heard at the SAP mm-hmm, Center versus mm-hmm. uh, uh, Danny Cormier. But it was cool in that building. Like there's great sound in that building, and it was cool to see Dan Severn. Man, I, I, I mean, I remember when Dan Severn destroyed that dude in the UFC with suplexes, and I just was a fan ever since. Okay, you Frank Mir, obviously everyone knows him from the UFC. Yeah. If he decided to take pro wrestling seriously, do you think he could be good at it? Yeah, because he's a good promo. Mm-hmm. He has great presence. Yeah, I think he could be if he if he took it seriously. I think he just was having fun out there, and it's cool because you know this. You know, I just there's a little bit of serious I was hoping to see. Like a guy like Killer Cross comes out, Jr. Kratos comes out. Like he, like yeah, you you get into that mode. Like man, this is gonna be a fight. But Frank was like, yeah, let's have fun. And then yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and good on him though. Another one of the, of the guys that you booked when you were uh, running premiere, Timothy Thatcher, yeah, against Hideki Suzuki. Yeah, this was a match that I was like most anticipated to see all weekend. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, there's a lot of great matches on New Japan Show. You know, Jeff Cobb will Osprey is going to be fantastic. Ibushi, Naito, all that stuff's great. But like, you know, I'm just a big fan of the shoot style, and I'm a big fan of Hideki Suzuki, and I'm a huge fan of Timothy Thatcher, and. And they had a just a fucking, oh, man, this match is beautiful. And like I talked to him after, and he's like so humble about it. You know, that's that's just him. It's like okay, yeah, it's going, it's great. You know, like but like really, it's it's fucking good. It's, and Tim is a master. Hideki Suzuki is a master. And like they're you know, and it was like it's such a. I tweeted out today like you know Billy Robinson's like smiling down from the heavens for this match because it was basically a tribute to him. Really like, you know the it just put catch it all about catch wrestling 
and a beautiful moment with the uh, Billy Rossin backbreaker, the finish, knockout finish, the, the, the double arm suplex, the chicken wing suplex, butterfly suplex, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's just it was just brilliant stuff, and and I I want to watch that match again. And in the main event, Minoru Suzuki against Josh Barnett, which went to a draw, and then they did an extra five minutes, and it stayed as a draw. Um, just to, just to kind of give a little bit of feedback on it is, you know, that Bloodsport has specific rules which mm-hmm. the announcer laid out right in the beginning of the show. You know, if you do this. To disqualification, you know, this is illegal. And <laughs> I think Minoru thought that the referee was red shoes in the match because he kind of, he kind of, you know, did, did not necessarily go by those rules near the end of the match. And so the referee didn't look the greatest because he didn't stop it. But, you know, the crowd was eating everything up in this match. Yeah, I just wish that, I mean, I just, I just wish that moment didn't happen with the chair and the referee and, and all that. Like, there was a moment when the referee is like talking to, a security guard, and I think he got the message to the promoter saying, hey, man, you just, do I disqualify him? But you can't. That's, that's the reason why people came, right? Yeah, see Minoru Zuki and Josh Barnett. I just wish that didn't happen, but oh, well. The fans still enjoyed it. I wish there was a, a finish, I think, because they did this great moment in the match where Suzuki's going for the Carl Gosh pile driver, and oh, my God, it was so worked well, like teasing to get him up, and then... I thought it was awesome. I thought that was the finish. Like it's going to be the finish they're building to, and I, and I think, I think, I think Minora should have went over this one. I think the Broadway, but they, you know they 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 end up getting them at the end, and and it was. But I think they should have had a finish, clean finish. But it was good. I mean, beyond the chair stuff and all the all those antics, it was, it was a great match, and it was cool to see Minora Zuki in that element, and great to see Josh in that element. I'm a big fan of Josh, and he's such a just a really really good guy and he's very passionate about the shoot style wrestling and i just hope i'm hoping that they take this beyond like just once a year and that they do like 12 shows a year i think it's something that's different for fans that can because like you know a lot there's a lot of same wrestling everywhere right you see a lot of the same stuff i think this is different i think it has a place now and i think it i think a guy like josh with game changer they think they can do some cool stuff with it I don't know if they could do 12 because um, that, 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 you know, Josh is now signed to Bellator. But Josh doesn't even be on every show. Say that again. He doesn't even be on every show. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. Um, but I wonder because Bellator has those what they call tent pole shows. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you could follow Bellator around and, you know, and see if you can tap into that MMA community a little bit. By doing the style, I think the secret too is is to get like um, established MMA guys to do like shoot style. Like, remember when uh, he booked uh, Faber to do quintet? Yeah, there. But that's a but that was like a real it's like a real, grappling competition. Yeah. But what if he had Faber to do this shoot style with like a Mike Brown, a rival that he had? Like, all they gotta do is grapple. All they gotta all, do is flow. Look, they just gotta flow and, and 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 like tell a story like that. All Faber needs to do. Is come out to California love. No, I'm it's saying, over. I'm saying, like, say you do a show in, in in Sacramento or close by, like, can you imagine like that associated with this and like get guys like that to do this kind of stuff? I, th- I think it'd be great. Yeah, I think you could draw from a hometown. I mean, that's what I was, th- I, dude. Old I was thinking Mike Brown versus right? Uriah Faber, like, like a cool little like ro- like legendary MMA rivalry, and like let them flow and just. I think they would have a great time. I think Faber would be fantastic. I think Mike Brown would be fantastic at it. 
No, it'd be great. Um, okay, so the uh, the rest of the show, we're going to preview the big show on Sunday, which we aren't even staying for, but we're going to go home and watch <laughs> on TV. <laughs> it is the reason why everyone is here this weekend, why everyone can be here this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is WrestleMania. And we're going to bring in, uh, you heard Dave Dutra earlier, and we're also going to bring in for his debut is someone who you affectionately call the Heartbreak Kid. You're the one that named him <laughs> well, that. I named him that, but... But he is the Heartbreak Kid. He is the Heartbreak Kid. David fucking Rubio, man. David Rubio is going to join in, uh, and be a part of this. So, basically, we're going to go over every match on WrestleMania. I want to get you all of your thoughts on... Every match? We're going to go through... And, we, and we're not going to spend <laughs> a lot of time on some of this stuff, okay? We'll, we'll just get quick thoughts on, on it. But um, I kind of want to just hear, you know, thoughts or predictions or what you'd like to see out of it, if you think it's going to be great or not. Um, and we'll just kind of, uh, we'll just kind of go with it. So, um, so I think there are two matches. No, there's three matches wow. on the pre-show. They've already announced that on the pre-show is going to be the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, the Women's Battle Royal, and the Cruiserweight Championship match. And that is exactly what they did last year. So not changing it up here. Um, and uh, let's start with the um let's start with the women's battle royal so i don't even know how many they've announced a, a handful obviously asuka's the the top the top woman. i'm guessing some nxt women will be in it some nxt women um wikipedia is not giving me the list of competitors here so i don't think um, they have the full list Man, mandy rose is going to be in it yeah, Sonya Sonya Deville, gonna be in it. naomi Asuka. you have it oh dutra has it yeah, give him the mic. All right, we have Asuka, Bailey. Oh, wait, no, this... No, Bailey's in a tag match. Oh, I'm sorry, this is... Okay, for... Thir- I'm, okay, 35. I'm looking at 34. 35. Asuka, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lana, Liv Morgan, Mandy Rose, Mickey James, Naomi, Nikki Cross, Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, Sonya Deville, and Zelina Vega have been announced. So... Plus whomever Plus NXT people, I'm sure. Um, who's 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 the woman that marches out in, in between matches? Lacey Evans. Lacey, I mean, Lacey Evans could win this match for all we know, right? Like, it, it's not. I don't think it's um, to me. I think Oscar has to kick everyone's ass because she kind of got screwed out of her match at at WrestleMania. But what do you guys think? And you know, Dutra has the mic, and I'll give it to Rubio after Dutra's done. Um. I think Asuka's too predictable, so I don't think she's going to take it. Um, I sort of feel like Lacey Evans, this is going to be, she's, if they're going to build her up and have her come out every week and just do that little bit, this would probably be a lot of heat for her to come out in WrestleMania and have that moment. So I think I'm going to go with Lacey Evans on this one. Lacey, or hi. (laughs) <laughs> hi everybody David Rubio uh, yes uh, Lacey Evans is a good choice but I'm thinking it could be Carmella Staten Island local girl uh. there's probably going to be a lot of baby faces going over on Sunday this may be one too many maybe maybe not but Carmella is the local uh, favorite and um, she might be the choice I'm saying just Oscar's going over. I think they they need to satisfy those fans that were all upset that how can they do that to her? How can they take the title? 
but they don't understand that you know the big money is the, yep. is the three way, and, and and they just wanted to add some more stakes to that match. I agree with you. I think it's going to be Oscar for the exact same reason. But uh, I mean, those the other picks are are just good. I think the dark horse to me is Mandy Rose because I think they really really like her. As we go as we go down the card, I think we're going to find that our fantasy booking is probably going to be very face heavy. And so if they can put some heels over, I think these are the kind of matches they're probably going to have to do it, which is why I think Asuka's probably not going to happen. I think um, you just said Mandy Rose. <clears throat> Mandy Rose, if not Lacey Evans. So those, those would be my topics. I think they have to put a lot of heels over early on the show because if you look at the, and we'll talk about it in a bit, the three main events, it's hard to pick against a babyface for any of those three. It's kind of interesting with Mandy, though, because it almost feels like they go up and down. They push her a bit, but then they bring her back down. They push her a little bit, and they bring her back down to earth. Um, this does seem like a great opportunity for her to have a solid, noteworthy win, but um, I just don't have any confidence that they're going to actually put the rocket to her and shoot her off. There's also the point that originally scheduled this was supposed to be Oscar versus Mandy versus Sonya Deville. Mm-hmm. I think Mandy was... I mean, I, I don't know any inside information on this, but I just think maybe Mandy probably would have beat Sonya, which would have protected Oscar to mm-hmm. have Oscar challenge Mandy going forward. I mean, I, I, so there's a good chance that I think Mandy could. And that win. was an idea that you and I had had like two months ago because mm-hmm. we were thinking, who can Oscar face if it's going to be the three way? And we were, and I, and I was like, I would just do Mandy I mean, because they, I know they love her a lot. I, mean, I, 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 I love Mandy. I think she has a lot of potential, yeah, but. Awesome. But I think that Fastlane show with yeah, Asuka, there, there was a lot of there was a lot of holes in her game, a lot of inexperience in her game. So maybe you know, maybe maybe it's not the best to go with that role. But I think Asuka's winning though for sure. All right, dude, you get ready for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal contestants. Um, okay, so that that's the next match I want to look at. That this match has been entirely built around. Braun Strowman against the SNL Weekend Update guys, Michael Che, and what's the other guy's name? It's Mr. Colin Jost. How dare you not know who he is? He's um, Scarlett Johansson's uh, boyfriend. Wow. Lucky guy. I didn't, I didn't know that. that okay. That, that, was a, that was a flex by uh, the Heartbreak Kid right here. Damn, that's some good shit. <laughs> Um, I know. I think they're both really. So the funny thing about this is, I think, <laughs> I think that they're both really funny on SNL. And when I heard that they were going to be on WWE, I was like, "You're taking two funny guys on SNL. WWE's going to write for them. They're not going to be funny anymore." And that's kind of what happened. But um, both, I like both of them, and it's kind of cool. I don't know what they're going to do in the ring, but. Um, so that's kind of the storyline has been built around Braun Strowman and these two guys. No one else has really been given any, any uh, storyline reason for being in this match outside of the fact that they're not in any of the singles matches. So Dutra has uh, the list. All right. In alphabetical order, the newly named Ali, Andrade, Apollo Crews, Bo Dallas, Bobby Roode, Braun Strowman, Chad Gable, Colin Jost, Curtis Axel... EC3, Grand Metalik, Heath Slater, Jeff Hardy, Jinder Mahal, Kalisto, Carl Anderson, 
Connor of the Ascension, Lindsay Dorado, Luke Gallows, Matt Hardy, Michael Che, No Way Jose, Otis, Rhino, Shelton Benjamin, Titus O'Neil, Tucker, Tyler Breeze, Victor. So out of the wait, Andrade is did you say Andrade? Yep. Okay, Andrade's in the match. If Braun Strowman doesn't win, I'd love to see Andrade win this match. I kind of have a feeling like Jeff Jarrett's going to hit someone like a, someone with a guitar and be in it. Like I feel like there's going to be more guys in it. Um, but what does everyone else think about uh, who's going to win this match? I have no clue. I have no idea. It's, it's a toss-up. If it isn't Braun, God, who else could it be? But uh, Andrade would be a good choice. It's really interesting to me that they have introduced the SNL uh, weekend update anchors. I mean, why? I, I'm why hoping, are they in the match? Why are they in the match? I'm guessing this may be a gateway to have... Because um, um, SNL is live this weekend. Right. Right? Uh, Kit Harrington is is hosting. Who is that? He's uh, Jon Snow. Oh, okay. Game, Got it. Game of Thrones. Got it. That, that, so, that's a big one. Yeah. It's going to be a big one. And... Um, Hoping it's an opportunity to have Braun or somebody else on the show. Wouldn't you want Ronda on the show? Yeah, yeah, you would, right? But, I mean, they're going to be in the match. I'm sure they're going to talk about being in the match. It would be a great opportunity to promote the show. So maybe that's why they're doing it. But if they don't, I have no idea why they'd be <laughs> involved in this. Other than Michael Che is a huge WWE fan. But I'm guessing Braun wins. And if he doesn't... um. Yeah, Andrade would be great, or Ali would be great. Yeah, Ali would be great, too. Um, I think that, I mean, I lean toward Braun winning. I think there's a spot with, but also, I think he can satisfy just a spot in the match with the Saturday Night Live SNL guys. I think my Dark Horse winner would be Otis, because Vince is very high on him. But they're doing, like, Bushwhacker stuff on TV. Yeah, but he's just, you know, that that, that Battle Royal has been, the winners have been kind of out of the box you know, Corbin and, and so on. So didn't did Dean win it one time? Or no, he was he was on a pre game pre show match. Yeah, Cesaro. Cesaro, then it was Big Show, then it was Baron Corbin, then it was Mojo Raleigh, and then Matt Hardy. What what about Gronk? Does Gronk show up in the Battle Royal? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. But I don't know, just just outside the box, I just think maybe Otis. That's a, that's my pick. All right. Dude did, did did you pick? I mean, the only person that's ever been promoted for this entire thing is Strowman, so I think that's Okay. <laughs> Rodney, wait, who's your choice? <laughs> Rod- Rodney, who's a, a longtime uh, person who I know from the F4W Empire, is sitting with us, but he has asked not to be on air. And he and Dave Rubio are great friends. So, of course, Dave Rubio is, like, trying to force him to speak on the podcast. Just give me a name. No sense. Just give me a single name. Who do you think could win or will win the Battle Royal? Lacey. <laughs> How about the men's? We're talking about the men's. <laughs> Wait, is this the first time you've ever talked on, a, on the podcast? Because no, no, no. He's been in the background. You've been, because you've been on... Brian and Vinny stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was on. Uh, okay. Yeah, I was on once back in 2012. On Brian and Vinny show. Yeah. And All right. It was um, 
Not a good experience for me, so that's why oh, I was never Why? What happened? I don't yeah, even I don't, remember. I don't know. I just, um, I, I just, I don't like hearing my voice back on this deal, and I just, who wants to hear what I have to say? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a pretty smart guy. I don't know yeah. why. Okay, so, so let's move on. Dave Rubio was able to make Rodney embarrassed. Um, okay, Buddy Murphy and Tony Nice. I thought they were going to do Murphy and Cedric, and they didn't. Um, they're giving someone else a shot in this, in this title match. Um, I, I feel like something's happening with Buddy Murphy. So I kind of feel like Tony Nice is going to win this match because maybe Buddy Murphy moves on to bigger and brighter things. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's the only reason I would pick Tony Nice is because I just sort of feel like he, like Buddy Murphy's moving on, but you know, it's going to be great. And for the time that they have, and I feel like they're not going to have enough time and it's going to be the main event to the pre-show probably. And it's kind of frustrating that they can't get on the, the main show, but um, I still think it'll be good for whatever the time limit that they get. So John just handed me to Mike. I don't know why. I mean, he wants to go last on this one. He wants to be, the I, I don't see, I don't he wants see to be Barry Bonds. I don't see Tony Nese as the next guy um, at all. I don't know why, but I think Buddy Murphy retains. I still think he'll probably get moved to Raw or SmackDown at some point anyway. And maybe he drops the belt, the pay-per-view, or whatever the the next pay-per-view is after WrestleMania. Maybe he drops it on 205 Live with the hot crowd on Tuesday. Um, but I, I just don't see Tony Nese as the guy. So I'm going Buddy Murphy. How long has 205 Live been on the air? Two years, two years? Two years ago. I think that's a great point. The fact that on Tuesday they're going to have a hot crowd. I don't remember the after WrestleMania 205 Live episode, but if they do a change, I think it'll be then. It's not going to be at Mania. I just don't think Tony Nese is over at all. No. And I don't think the belt's going to help him get over. No I just way. don't think he's the right guy to be the face of that show. I, th- I think at Mania it's going to be... It's going to be a win by Buddy, Morf- by Buddy Murphy. I think he deserves it. He is one of those stories that is just really kind of amazing where you look at where he was in NXT as a tag team uh, partner and what he transformed into. And I think he deserves a great moment, and I think he's going to win. Um, that's a tough one. I think it's Barry Bond speaking, by the way. <laughs> yeah, this, thank you. Um, I think that... I think Buddy Murphy retains, goes to the main roster, the title is vacant, and... They do another tournament? They just They do don't a do tournament. a tournament, but they have maybe like a four-way with the mystery guy, and Kushida wins the belt oh, on shit. 205 Live. Wow. So he skips NXT? He skips NXT, I think so. But I mean, I think it's, I'm just, I'm just, a, this is a bold prediction. It's not anything like I know or anything like that, but I just think like, you know, maybe it's just WrestleMania weekend. There's a, the crowd's going to be there for it. Right. The people that, you know, if they stick around to Tuesday, you know, a lot of people before I go home before then, but I don't know. This is a bold prediction. A prediction. And I think, and then I think Buddy Murphy moves on to the main roster, of course. Or Lacey Evans makes a run in. <laughs> Rodney would be very happy with that one. Okay, so um, let's just go through the rest of these matches. I don't know the order that this, these are going to happen. I'm just going to kind of use the list that I have and go from bottom to the top. So we have The Revival versus Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, which is a very frustrating... Uh, it's, it's a frustrating storyline because... Early on, they kind of teased this. Then they went completely away from it. 
And then everything they were doing on TV made you think that it was going to be Ricochet and Aleister Black. And now we're back to this match, which if you would have promoted this match, I'd have been totally fine with it because it's a fun story with Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Kurt just got the losing streak. Um, and, you know, the, I, th- I thought it could be fun, but then they just went away from it, and now they're back to it. It just feels like, you know, there was, a, there was one WrestleMania, I want to say it was like 15, where they just like hot-shotted every match outside of Austin and Rock. And this, that's what this feels like. It just feels like a hot shot. This, this is the reason why I don't think Carmella is going to win for the home home crowd because i think they're the gonna woo woo guy I, yeah for hawkins and Ryder, i think they're gonna do that feel good moment even though they really haven't built for it at all um i feel like they're gonna i, I don't know i don't know what the deal with the revival is i don't keep enough track of what the, the the drama or the politics i don't know if they're gonna drop the belts off them or whatever um but i feel like they're gonna put the belts on hawkins and Ryder. hawkins and Ryder. who knows how long they have them for but it'll be that feel-good moment, their hometown crowd. I just saw on um, social media that Ryder proposed. Um, so congrats to him, and maybe this will like sort of put that cherry on this weekend for him. Um, but yeah, that'll be like the feel-good story for some of the hardcore internet fans. Um, well, Zach is already winning this weekend, right? So, <laughs> so that's awesome. But I think Kurt <laughs> Hawkins winning would be similar. It would kind of mirror Zach back at uh, 32, where he has he a big moment. He should get the cover. He should win if they go in that direction. I, I think this is going to be one of those matches where the heels are going to go over. I think the, the Revival are going to retain, and I think they're going <laughs> to just win just because, again, it's going to be a very, in my opinion, a very babyface heavy top half or later half of the show yeah i think in the uh the losing streak continues with kurt hawkins i think revival goes over the problem that i have with kurt hawkins winning is they're not going to have enough time to tell this great story of him as the underdog he's losing all these matches this evil heel team of the revival is going to put him back in the loss column and all of a sudden, he fires up and wins the match. With six minutes or with eight minutes, I don't know if you can tell that story. Well, it's like if, if they were week, week by week building up this match, building up this, this struggle between Zack Ryder and, 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 and uh, Kurt Hawkins on their way, they keep losing. And then it's also a, a kind of hard story to tell of a, of a team that keeps losing and getting a title shot, too. Like, it's just, you know, on TV, it's all been, it's all been about Aleister Black and Ricochet. So. Yeah. It's, this is silly, and I think uh, the rival states retains. So, nice little segue to the Usos, who just signed a new WWE contract, according to most uh, articles that I've seen, or all articles that I've seen. Um, they are defending against Ricochet and Aleister Black, as well as The Bar, as well as Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev. If you are going to change the titles to the uh, to Ricochet and Alistair Black, I think it'd be totally fine. I would rather see the Usos retain and actually have a story with um, Ricochet and Alistair Black. I think the Bar and Nakamura and Rusev are a little tired as far as being in the title picture. Seemingly, you know, every other week, you know, they they have matches with each other. Uh, interestingly, the New Day is not in this match. So I guess their entire WrestleMania is going to be based around Kofi um, speaking for him 
signing contracts for him. Yeah. Standing up, standing up to Vince McMahon for him, cutting yeah. promos for him. So um, thoughts on who wins this match and just a whole kind of, again, another sort of hot shot put together at the last minute kind of match. Um, I can see Alistair and, and Ricochet winning this one. I, I see that. Or, I, or Usos retaining, but I just feel like they're going to do a tile change here. Let's see. Um, I, I mean, Ricochet and Alistair Black have been pushed so heavily, and it's really rare to see a, anybody pushed as hard in like a four-week span as they have been. So it's hard to go against them there, Ricochet and Alistair Black. So. I agree completely. Uh, it looks like Ricochet and Alistair Black, that they are ready to just kind of uh, take the belts and do something different because we've seen Sheamus and Cesaro be champions and they've been around for a while. We've seen the Usos do their thing for a while. Rusev and Nakamura, they're a newer team, but they, I mean, I can't trust that uh, they're going to do anything with Rusev. They uh, seem to just not want to do anything with him ever, whether it's in a tag team or a singles. But, uh, yeah, I think Alistair Black and Ricochet, if you're betting on a single match uh, result, I think this would be the one. And watch them just Nakamura and Rusev win just for no reason. That that would be... That would be a funny way to to do that. Okay, so the way that this... um, the way this list goes, it actually has the Daniel Bryan and Kofi match, and I'm just going to go that way because if I skip it, then I may forget it in the end. But um, Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston, John and I have just broken down this entire story, uh, how much we don't like it, and uh, they did a SmackDown contract signing, which I didn't see because my Hulu TV, like because I was in New York, it like didn't let me play anything hmm. but uh you got to see it i mean what was there anything to it to the contract setting they finally just let kofi cut a promo on daniel bryan i think the I mean daniel bryan just outshined him and like in the promo i think he was fantastic but they built up well to where mcconey kofi finally talked it was uh it was good i mean i just it still hasn't really got me that interested i think the match is gonna be really good yeah you know you know beyond the silliness of the storyline but um I think they'll do the tile change here, give that Kofi that moment. Um, unless they continue continue on because they need something that kind of – someone had a good idea. I think it was maybe it was you about the turn by one of the New Day members, which that's a tough one to swallow that they want to break that act up. But, yeah, I, I think I think, I think, I think Kofi retained. I think he wins the title here. Okay, so stay on that. Yes. If Kofi retains – do you have him as an actual champion who defends, or does Daniel Bryan win it like right back? Like, it's a short-term deal, I think, with him. Unfortunately, yeah, you know, I think it's just going to be a short, you know, feel-good moment, and something similar to that. Like, yeah, I think he loses next pay-per-view rather, rather quickly. Okay, so now just going to play devil's advocate. Let's say that Kofi wins the belt. And it is the most memorable part of this show. It is the crowd just goes nuts because they want it so badly. Can you keep it on him? Can you run with him as a guy if he can sustain, you know, the the reaction from the from the live crowd and from all the Twitter people? And like, could you theoretically keep the belt on him for more, you know, for an extended period of time? No, I think you can. If 
I mean, you could they could do it. I just think they won't. I think it's just knowing their history that they'll just do a quick back to Daniel Bryan and then the chase is on. Or they do something where one of the members of New Day turn on him, like Biggie Langston, and Biggie Langston quickly wins the, the title from him. You know, and then he chases him. But I think I still think Daniel's doing a damn good job as this Earth Champion gimmick, and I think it's. But I, I just think they'll do like, I think they'll please the fans and give them the big big win. But I think they'll they'll get right back to him soon. I, I I think this whole angle, this whole build up, um, calls for Kofi winning, right? Um, but in terms of a long term championship role, I I just don't see it. He has been slotted for what is it now? I think they're saying it's eleven years, twelve years, or something. Um, not just his single run where he just didn't do very much. But then also with the New Day being comedy figures, I don't see him being taken as a serious contender, a serious champion, actually, um, without a significant shift in his character. Um, so I think it's going to be a temp run. And I think they're going to go back to Brian because he's tremendous in what he does. Um, yeah. This feud, uh, to me, there's no real heat with Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston. I, the way I've watched things, it's all been Kofi Kingston against the authority, essentially. So uh, it's, a, it's a really weird dynamic, and it's made Kofi weak to me, this whole build. Like, he's just been punked every single week, and he doesn't really overcome the odds, which makes me think he will go over. Um, I think that it, he will go over, but right on Tuesday... With the WrestleMania crowd still lingering at these shows, you get those really riotous kind of fans that he'll get a rematch. Daniel Bryan will get a rematch, and Big E will cost Kofi the match and turn on him, probably give him uh, the big ending, get a big, yeah, what you, you call it a pop, good or bad, but like he's going to get a really big reaction because that crowd is always really hot, and that can set up Kofi and Big E and... You say, oh, it sucks to big, to, or would they want to break up the New Day? Um, I don't know what their merch sales are like, but the New Day is stale. They okay, are but, very but what stale. happens when then they go on up, up, down, down and play video games together after the turn? That's for Xavier. That's for Xavier <laughs> Woods to figure out. <laughs> okay, I, I've, I, I have a prediction, which is Vince is going to dusty finish Kofi. At WrestleMania. God. Vince has been all about manipulating the hardcore fans in this whole thing. And I think he can I think he's gonna do it again. And I think they're gonna do the Kofi win on SmackDown. Because they have to make that show seemingly worth something because it's moving to Fox in six months. That was six months though. I think it could kick off something about smackdown is because you can't have a you can't have smackdown move to friday and go okay in october it's the b show and then on friday it just becomes the a show i think they have to build it up to being the a show but i think like i said six months away i think this storyline will be forgotten in 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 two to three months exactly that's their style they're they're not going to worry about fox until the summer yeah are you banking on them keeping the belt on Kofi for those six months in order to keep it hot? Like, 
I don't I don't think that really matters, but I don't know. We'll we'll see. I think that what they're going to try to do is they're going to show that not everything has to happen on Raw. We can have things also happen on SmackDown, and that's why you have to watch. Because it's going to be really hard to get people to watch SmackDown on Friday, right? Like, you know, that's when, you know, David Rubio and I go to go see A Star is Born. It's Friday night, man. We're not going to see SmackDown. <laughs> Fucking Star is Born movie, man. I mean, we build up so much, I got to see this damn thing. <laughs> that's why we cry on Friday nights at A Star is Born. Sorry. I just had to correct you. <laughs> so uh, it's 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 a it's a wild it's like a sort of wild prediction. I not necessarily think it's like gonna happen. I think it, something like that could happen though because if you're gonna give the Becky feel good main event win, he can screw with the fans on that end. I was just about to say that that would actually help. With the um, heel baby face balance for WrestleMania, mm-hmm. if they did that angle. So, okay, so we have the Boss and Hug connection as the champs against Beck uh, against uh, Beth Phoenix and Natalia versus the Iconics versus Nia Jax and Tamina. I'll I'll sort of get my prediction out of the way. I, I would like to see them keep the titles on Bailey and Sasha, but I think there's a little bit of like a there's a little bit of Beth and Natalia, that's kind of interesting. And I think if you have them win, then you have a two-month feud and, you know, Bailey and, uh, and Sasha can win the belts back. But there might be a little bit of something with Beth. Like, they're really pushing her hard all of a sudden all over again. And it could be, it could be a fun moment to see her, you know, win the championship after coming back from her retirement and all that stuff. I think that could be fun. Not, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. But, you know, it could be kind of interesting. Yeah, I think, I, I just think, I think Hug and Boston Hug, Bo- Boston Hug are going to retain. I think they're going to beat Billy and, or Peyton when they're going to fall. I just think it's going to be just a simple, simple match. Rod, you said that you think it's going to be Nia and, uh, or Naya and Tamina. Interesting. Um, I, I, I just see that. Sasha and and Bailey just got the titles and it was a big deal, right? First women's tag team title belt. I I think it's too soon to take it off them. I think they're going to retain. I am personally a huge fan of the Iconics, if only because I I think they are great at being the annoying heels. I think they do a great job with their characters and I I, I I'm a big fan of them. But I think it's too soon for Sasha and Bailey to uh, to lose, and I think they're going to retain. Their first title defenses. That's this wouldn't be their first title defense, would it? I don't, think, I don't think they defended the titles at all since they've won them, right? I, they've all been non-title matches. Yeah, I don't. Every one of them. Because uh, the last match, the team match, they when they actually lost. Oh. Um. I think heels are going over in this match, and I don't. I don't think they're going to pin Boston Hug, which will set up, uh, you know, another match for the next, you know, month or two. Um, I'm not sure who. I guess if I had to pick, it'd be like Nia Jackson, Tamina. They probably pin Beth Phoenix because I think Beth Phoenix is like a one and done kind of deal to get a WrestleMania moment. I don't know if she's gonna be there longer, but that's my guess. 
Um, and then Boston Hug can get their rematch, whatever it is. But uh, I, I just have a feeling heels are going to go over and take the belts. I don't, I don't think they're worried about the lineage of their championships. To like, oh, we they just put it on there, so we got to keep them on, have this long title reign that's proven to not really matter <laughs> time and time again. So, All right, so the next match is Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. I love this matchup. I would, I would be really... I'm glad I'm not the person who has to decide who wins this match because Roman is coming back from cancer. Got a, you know, he, the fans are back in his corner. Uh, he's, he, he looks good. He has a great story. He should win, but Drew is like the next guy. I would like to see Drew win. I would like to see Drew be in the picture. I would like to see a new guy. Um, and even though he's a heel, I'm sort of rooting for the idea that he can beat Roman. Um, I don't know if it's because Roman is not 100% or whatever, or just because he, he beats Roman. I would love to see that happen. I'm not sure it's going to happen because I think they'll, they, they want to have that feel-good moment. But I really do hope Drew wins this match because I think he, especially if Seth wins, I think he's, he's, he could be a next guy. Yeah, I think it's... I, 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 I'm okay with Drew going over here and not Roman. I think it's okay to tell a story that this is Roman's first single big singles match back from his illness. And I'm okay with Drew winning. I think it's a, I think it's an okay move, especially if Seth wins later on in the night. But I also think it'd be kind of cool if Brock retains and Drew defeats uh, Roman and Drew defeats Brock at Raw, like something to really shock and twist things up and shake things up. And and you can have Roman and Seth chase Drew. I think Drew is primed to be the guy. Um, you know, when he came out on Raw a couple weeks ago, when he confronted Paul Heyman and Brock, like. That felt fresh and new, and because it, it is, and I think I think uh, you know Drew is is, is is he's he has that ability, he has everything going right, he has that it factor to be that champion, that heel champion, like in the in the guy from the chase, and I don't know, I I like to see that happening. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 looking for that. I'm not looking for that match because both guys are really good, and Roman's really damn good. Drew's really damn good. I think if they get enough time, it's, it should be a really really hot match. I think I'm one of the few persons probably here in the room that is not a tremendous fan of Drew McIntyre. I just find him kind of bland. And although he looks good, he's big, he has the size, he can have great matches, I'm presuming. Um, but I'm just not a huge fan of him. Um, I think Roman, with what has happened to him in the last couple of months, I think winning here at WrestleMania is something that Vince would want to do. I, I, I think it's, it's good PR. I think it's a good story. I think Vince tends to, except maybe in the main events, um, he tends to follow his, his story. He, he, he follows it to, to the end. And I think Roman winning, um, especially after what Drew has done to him the last couple of weeks, I think that's, that's where they're going. The way I look at it is simple. Which guy, and this should be a great match, but which guy would be hurt more by losing and his status thus would have to take a lot of work to rebuild? To me, if Drew loses, 
he's back to that mid card turmoil forever. And he's, he's already sort of been hit a few times where he's had to be built back up. I think Rome Roman isn't like untouchable, but at the same time, like he loses this match. I don't think it really hurts his status. He's still going to be sort of a top guy. And you could also say, well, it's a sort of his first real big time, big match since he came back. Um, so if he loses, it could simply be a matter of, you know what, he had to work off a little extra rust, or maybe he just wasn't fully prepared, whatever it might be, or maybe Drew caught him off guard, but it's Roman Reigns. He's still going to get those big reactions. He can make a comeback. He's, maybe his quote-unquote comeback to get to that next level takes him a little bit longer, but you just stretch out that story a little bit, whereas with Drew, if he loses on this stage, it's hard to make another main event guy, and they need to have roster depth at the top level. Um, you know, you look, what is it? And we're in 2019. So, you know, 20 years ago, they had like legit six to eight top guys that they can interchange at any given time to make fresh main events. They need to do that now. So Roman's already there. Drew's sort of there, but not really. So give him a win and make more top guys that you can have fresh matchups. Um, I think Drew needs to win. Bobby Lashley against the Demon. Vince could make people mad and have the Demon lose. I don't think so. Bobby Lashley's going to lose. They confirmed it's the Demon? Yeah. Finn has Unraw. confirmed it's a Demon. Yep. And, uh, and so he better win. <laughs> but, He's it. He's but a he'll win, don't worry. The second he turns back into Finn, he may lose again. So yeah, I, yeah. I yeah, as the story's been going, like Lashley's been eating Finn Balor's lunch you know, left and right, you know, he can only beat Leo Rush. Finn, Finn can only beat Leo Rush, et cetera, or Jinder Mahal. But Lashley just destroys him. But here comes the demon. Demon's going to win. And I just, just jokingly mentioned, I think last podcast, I think that Vince would book like, yeah, demon wins on Sunday, but then Finn Balor loses the title to Bobby Lashley. <laughs> Which, you know, it's, you know, it's, but you know what, in, in defense of Bobby Lashley, though, like, I think he's been doing really, like, he's, Busting his ass. Like, he looks really good this run. And I think he's another guy that you need to keep. Oh, say, say Seth wins the title. Like, he's another guy you should also keep strong as a future challenger for, the, for, for Seth. Let me go back and correct what I said earlier. This is the strongest lock of the entire card. Uh, the Demon uh, winning in his debut, so to speak. Uh, at WrestleMania, yeah, he's he's got to win the title back for sure. Does Finn Balor like accrue one demon morph per year? Is that how this works? Like he gets he could only summon up the demon powers once in a while because you know, gosh, this demon is so powerful. Why why didn't just bring the demon out it, every? It's day? like vacation time. <laughs> every single year, you you get it back again. You, you got to notice these trends. Day. Are like, gosh, when I'm the demon, I send I tend to do so much better. I'm going to go back to Finn Balor. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's just sort of funny to me that they play this off like when he does the demon makeup and the entrance, like he's better and he's more powerful. Well, logically, why would you not summon this unless he's got, well, I can only do it every so often because it takes so much out of me or something. Look, Superman turns back into Clark Kent too. He doesn't battle as Clark Kent. (laughs) true. (laughs) All right. Balor. Okay. So... Uh, Samoa Joe against Rey Mysterio in a weird match because I just assumed Rey was going to face Andrade. That was where they were going. 
Samoa Joe didn't really have necessarily a guy. They there's been a bunch of guys in the mix. We thought maybe John Cena, um, but they put him with Ray. Ray hurt his ankle on Monday. It se- seemed like because he then retweeted or the, he then tweeted the Instagram video of his uh, ankle buckling, and uh, but it sounds like he's going to wrestle. Something's got to happen with Dominic. Um, with just Dom, I can't. Does Dominic turn on his dad? Like that would be not so- again. I did. did- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so something's gonna happen with Dominic. I, I would, I think Joe needs to retain because there's nothing really going on with Ray. But who knows? Yeah, I got, I got Joe retaining. I got maybe smacking Dominic at ringside and coming in the ring. Maybe Ray tries to protect him. and gets caught in a rear naked choke and or you know whatever, and then that's the finish. You know. I don't, I think it's okay for Joe. Uh, you know, I can't have all the Bay faces go over. I think this is a perfect. You know, a lot of SmackDown stuff on this Raw is beginning of a lot of programs that they will probably carry on for the next few months. Yeah, uh, surprise, surprise. Ray isn't being used as he should be, right? Um, that's the story of his WWE career, it seems. Um, Ray's probably going to lose. I think Joe retains. Um, if, if Raven makes it, I'm guessing he's going to make it to the match. But if he doesn't, that'll be interesting. But yeah, uh, Samoa Joe is tremendous. He is so underrated by those that actually make the decisions, it seems. But he, he has a belt. He's doing a great job. He's so entertaining, and I think he deserves to to keep it. Um, the fan in me, the the... 15-year-old in me wants Ray to win and have a great WrestleMania moment. I just don't see it. Um, work or shoot, if the, whatever the ankle injury is, I totally think that can play into that for this match and keep it short and have Joe go over. Um, obviously due to something where Ray can't, you know, he failed to do something because of his ankle. Um, and while Joe maybe chokes him out and Ray's coming to and his son's checking on him, I'd love to have Joe choke out Dominic. I really would. (laughs) I think he chokes out Dominic. Ray is coming to, but can't really make the save. Joe, Joe powders before Ray can actually like come, you know, and grab him. And they extend the feud out to where like his ankle comes better and they have a better, longer match at the next pay-per-view. Um, but yeah, he's got to choke out Dominic. That would be some great WrestleMania moments, some great drama, and build the feud. Because this feud didn't really have a lot of build to it anyway, right? Because it, it was all Andrade for a while, and they just sort of, you know, they really just rushed it. So they give this a little more time, stretch it out at least another month. That's what I think. And so uh, the next match, AJ Styles, Randy Orton. I'm really looking forward to this match. I understand if you're not looking forward to this match, just based on whether or not you think Randy Orton's going to you know, have a great match or have the time for a great match or want to have a great match, whatever. And, you know, look, the, the feud, the build hasn't been fantastic. Um, did they do anything on SmackDown? Yeah, they um, did a contract signing themselves. Uh, not con- It's like a no, no, Kevin Owens show. Kevin Owens show, you're right. And, and AJ got laid out with the RKO again. So it, I, I think that AJ will win like a roll-up or some sort, 
but then Randy would lay him out to continue this program going over going forward for another few a month or two. Okay, so I don't really care who wins. I, I, re- I, re- I really don't. I just want to see a good match. I just want to see him get some time. Cause How does Orton hit the RKO, though? That's kind of my intrigue. In the well, he, uh, on SmackDown, he went for the flying forearm, and he got hit with the RKO. So that's I pretty... I would love to see, like, AJ try to put him into the calf crusher, and Orton, like, fights it off, and AJ gets popped somewhere. And then, mm-hmm. like, I would like to see something like that, but... Because yeah. um, I, I think that's kind of the part of the goal in, in Randy's matches these days is to see how creative he can be to set that thing up. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think that it's going to be a quick fan, pin by, not quick, he's going to get a roll up, some kind of s- slip on a banana peel kind of finish, but then rides the lame out and then continue the program. You can tell that Randy is one of those guys who... Um, just really appreciates the WrestleMania spotlight. He, he, he comes up for those kind of matches. So I, I think it's going to be a great match if they give him time. Uh, whether they will or they won't, who knows. But the thing, though, is that this, is, this feels like the start of a program. And typically when they have a match at WrestleMania that's the start of a, of a feud... Um, they don't typically blow the doors off, right? It's more of a like a setup for future matches. Um, I do think, though, hopefully, that um, if they're going to have Randy hit the RKO, I hope that it'll be a... Because they've teased the forearm, right? The phenomenal forearm. Hopefully, um, AJ tries to go for the springboard 450. And... Randy hits the RKO there. That, 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 that'll be one of those cool kind of WrestleMania moments to me. This, this like sort of reminds me of Styles and Nakamura from last year. That's um, not good. Yeah, well, I, I don't think they're going to have like the great match that I'd like them to have because I've been waiting for this match for a long time too. But I don't think WrestleMania is actually the best stage for it. I think it's going to get lost in the shuffle with 17 matches. I don't, I don't think they're going to get, like, what, maybe maybe 12 minutes? Maybe eight, eight minutes? What, eight to 12? Like, I think these guys should be given 20 on a, on a B pay-per-view where they'll get a much larger spotlight. And that's where I think it's going to go anyway. So much to what Rubio was saying, um, this will be a short one. And I think it's going to lead. So, and that's what I meant by the Nakamura thing is like, you know, they went, what, three, four months after yep. WrestleMania. I don't, I don't know if it's going to go that long, but I do think they're going to go at least two more pay-per-views after Mania. Shane McMahon and The Miz. I do not really want to see this match. False count anywhere. They should just call it the Smoke and Mirrors match. Um I, I don't even know what to think, and it's probably because I don't really care that much. I really cared about them as this goofy babyface tag team, and then when they did the split, and uh, Shane you know, gave his reasons for the split, which was not really good reasons, I was kind of disinterested. I, and I've said this before on our podcast that I really see that they're trying, and they're trying to work really hard on the scrudge and giving the fans a reason to think that Shane is the evil guy. I don't see it. When he hits the, uh, the RVD thing, like, that's a babyface move to me. 
So I don't know. I mean, all of his stuff that he does is babyface stuff. So I don't think this match is going to be very good, no matter how hard they try. But, you know, may, maybe I'll be wrong. Um, but uh, I'm going to – I don't even care. I, don't, I, I just think it's kind of going to be like the one match where I'm like, I need to go like make a sandwich or something. Yeah, they try to flip the script, and they have you know Miz as the Bayface and Shane's a heel, but I think Shane's a just a natural Bayface, and I think Miz is a natural heel. It just doesn't just doesn't work for me. I think you know we'll we'll see a Shane stunt. Um, I think Shane's going over because again, like on the SmackDown side, I think this is a uh, match one to set up more matches between the two of them. So I I think Shane retains by some Shane shenanigans with you know extras that ring announcer guy they've been doing the whole you know it could be a lot of different things but yeah i'm I'm gonna say shane goes over here i don't mind this being a smoke and mirrors match uh that's what the shane matches are at at wrestlemania and to me wrestlemania is the stage for like a summer blockbuster this is going to be shane and miz doing some sort of uh stunt show um, not, you know, a straight wrestling match. And they're probably going to do something crazy. And hopefully they do, because this, this is the stage to do it. This is going to be the most memorable stage for Shane. And that's his thing. Um, I actually do like Miz as a babyface for whatever reason. I'm not sure if it's because I watched the reality show uh, or I've seen the reality show. And he comes off as like a likable dude. He comes off as a great guy, great dad, great husband. And um, that bleeds over to me. So... His promo on SmackDown about this current Miz being the best version of himself, being um, Even the, he the, was the champion before. As a human being, no. as, as, it's what I took it as. He, this is the, the best version of himself as a human being, now being a dad uh, and being a good guy. Um, that that works for me and so i think it's gonna be entertaining it won't be the match of the night but it'll be something fun and that's all i look for in a shane mcmahon match something fun false count anywhere match for shane mcmahon just means he's gonna do a huge stunt he's gonna jump off something big that's why it's false count anywhere to me uh i don't really care who wins this match i sort of feel like Shane could do a super dive off of something really big whether it's a set or whatever because false count anywhere uh, Miz moves out of the way and just puts an arm on him or something. At the, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't really. Yeah, I'm just not interested in this match. But uh, ex- I expect a big dive from Shane. The high, highlight real moment for WrestleMania. And, yeah. I uh, I was watching Raw and then they showed a. I I kept the thing going because I was working as well and they showed a Miz and Mrs. Uh, episode. I think it was old though because she was pregnant with their child and the part of the storyline I was watching was that because she was pregnant her boobs got so big and Miz wanted to motorboat her so I guess that makes him a baby face um, okay so Triple H and Batista um, no actually the, 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 I skipped one Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin god what a bad build though it is the logical build based on what they were doing but i think it's one this is one where they kind of the fans expected something special they didn't get that something special um i know john and i have talked about this a lot about what what creatively could happen you know whether or not cena is involved um but uh i this is another one where i don't really care what happens 
I w- I just don't want to see Kurt look terrible. Like like even I don't even care if he loses. I just don't want him to look like he's looked recently, which is very stiff, um, very slow, very old. And uh, Corbin had that terrible match with Rey Mysterio on Raw as the main event. I was just so frustrated with that. I was like, this is your go-home to Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin as you give us a terrible match with Rey Mysterio, of all people. I was pretty frustrated with that. So as long as Kurt doesn't look awful, I'm fine. But I'm just really worried about how he's going to look. Yeah, it's. I think it's still... A- there's still somewhat of a bait and switch with this match. I, I think it could be a Cena, even though we hear it's not Cena has nothing to do with this match. But I'm gonna say Cena ends up wrestling him or doing something with him. I'm gonna say that Lars Sullivan finally debuts and destroys Cena after the match. That's my prediction. I think there's something that it just it just there's some kind of bait and switch with this. I think. I think Angle beats Corbin pretty fast. I mm-hmm. think Cena comes out. I think they have a an interesting history between like Cena making his debut mm-hmm. on WWE versus Angle. They have a nice little match, and then here comes Lars lay out both men. Mm-hmm. So you know you have Angle winning his last match. You have a Cena surprise, and then you also have Lars destroying Cena and Angle to get some steam on him. You think they do the Angle retirement celebration the next night? Uh, or you sell the injuries to Lars if he if he destroys them, you know, and then maybe you come back and have a moment for Angle for uh for a nice little rating for Raw or something. This match will be under sixty seconds. I don't know how it's gonna happen, but it's gonna be like bell rung. Corbin goes for something cheap. Angle counters. Angle slam. Angle lock. He taps it under sixty seconds, and before. You know, you can leave the ring or whatever. Cena's music hits. And Cena asks for one last match. I, I know Dave Meltzer has been saying that. I've been told that it's not... I think Cena's still going to be involved in this. I think it'd be a nice bow on Cena when he was coming in on television and Angle was his first match. So he's Angle's last match. And everything is full circle. It's just too smart of a story. And, and you know, if Cena needs something, I, I don't see where else he fits better than this. So beats Corbin quickly, does a little thing with Cena. That will also be a pre- predictably short, probably under five minutes. Um, I don't know about the Lars thing, but at least I think Cena will be involved. All right, guys, uh, settle in. I have a lot of, a lot of <laughs> thoughts on this. So Settle in. It's 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> Just Okay, so... <laughs> no, go for it, man. This is... Um, it, it's kind of a shame to me that this WrestleMania season has played out the way it has for Kurt Angle. Okay. He's one of the greats. He was one of my favorites uh, in the in 2000s. And uh, it's just this played out, like every single week, the worst case scenario for me has played out. He, they put him in the ring every single week until they found they realized that I guess that he uh, he just couldn't go and he's injured and he's she's just, there's no way that this match is going to be a great match which is cause it's kind of a shame for him on his last match and double that with the fact that it's Baron Corbin right and so I think this is going to go quick um, I think that Dutra's right I think it, this show is going to be way too long there's too many matches to have John Cena be a separate item on the list I think they're going to couple this um, 
his his return with this match. Hopefully they do do Angle versus Cena some way, somehow here, and just kind of complete the circle. Um, it, it, it's just, it, I, I do hope that at least on Monday that they take some time to say goodbye to Kurt. He deserves it. He is uh, one of the all-time greats, and he deserves something memorable. And if they don't do it at Mania uh, with the Cena thing, then they should at the very least do it on Raw. But um, I think that Kurt goes over. He has to. Um, I think he wins. I think Cena comes out. I think he wrestles uh, Angle. And I'm not sure that it matters, but I think um, Cena beats Angle in his last match. All right. Triple H and Batista. Uh, on Monday, Batista told Triple H to kiss his ass. Is that what he said? Did he say? Yeah, kiss my ass. Um, for a second... I was a little afraid that this was going to turn into a spot for Rikishi to come out and for someone to shove the other person's head into Rikishi's ass. You've been drinking. <laughs> I just watched the, um, the thing on HBO where they replayed the Vince McMahon thing like 10 times, and that's why it made me think about that. But um, there's another match that I like, but I like Hollywood Dave. I've been really bored by Triple H. I don't think they're going to have a good match, and how can they? Like, one guy's been gone forever, and Triple H is often injured. And what, I mean, Triple H hasn't had a good, good match in, in, in a few years here. I'm a little worried about this one, too. And, I, and if you, we know the Triple H playbook, long entrances, long match, Triple H's style is to start out slow, to build to the end. This is going 20 minutes. I don't know. I just don't know how this could be uh, all that good. Yeah, you know, I wasn't really interested in it at all because it's just a forced storyline, a forced, like, thing. But I did love Hollywood Day's promo on Raw. Just simply kiss my ass. But then he proceeded to piss me off by shaking hands with the fans and bowing to them. Like, you're just heel, right, in this story. Like, you don't be shaking hands with kids and you don't be bowing to the fans. But I love the promo part, like the simple, sweet, just kiss my ass. And I like just, hey, showed the screen and showed how many times he beat Triple H or Triple H never beaten him. I mean, I, I, I didn't know I didn't know that even never happened. I thought, you know, at least Triple H might have won at least one of those matches. But, yeah, I think there's a lot of, you know, you talk about smoke and mirrors with uh, Miz and Shane McMahon. I think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors with this match. I think it's a no disqualification kind of match, right, if they advertise that. And I'm going to, this is a wacky, funky prediction, but I'm going to say that, you know, maybe some special moment happens with a certain character. And I think, uh, there can be some, it's going to be, it's going to be, they're going to be something memorable. It's going to be a moment that fans are going to like, just kind of remember. And it's all going to tie together to a lot of old past matches. It's not Shawn Michaels, and it's not Shawn Michaels. But, like, I think it's, it's going to be interesting. I'm hoping they have a good match. I hope in Hollywood Dave. I, I wish Hollywood Dave was here for, like, a long time. Like, I wish Hollywood Dave would have the belt and be the heel champion. Like, fuck, I love Hollywood Dave, dude. Like, this is, like, I'm, like, all of a sudden, like, this is such a rush thing. It just pisses me off. Like, if he had a year of this, of being Hollywood Dave and being this, this dick, 
like I'm all in, man. You know, and it was kind of cool to hear the music again. Like that great entrance. Here comes Holiday with that sweet ass fucking jacket and those glasses, dressing. Fuck, man. I'm a big Holiday Dave Batista fan, apparently. And then, like, I just think, uh, I just wish they would have had some foresight to see, like, man, this could go a little longer, but we'll, we'll see. I think, I think Batista's having fun. And I wouldn't be shocked to see this go a little bit farther, a three-match program or something like that, because I could just see, I think, I, I kind of see it with, with Batista. I think he's having fun, but I know he wants his last, he's talking about having the last matchup. WrestleMania, but what if he's just having a good time and wants to continue it? It's, it's happened before many times. I am totally picking up what uh, John is putting down. Um, I think Duke Hedrosi coming back and screwing <laughs> Triple H just completes the circle, and I think uh, that that's the end. Oh. No. <laughs> no, I, 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 I think this is going to have one of those memorable moments. Triple H has the... I'm the swag, the power, whatever to you know do what he thinks he needs to do to make this a memorable match. I'm not looking forward to it. Um, I don't know if Batista coming back for his first match in however many years is going to be exciting. And Triple H has a tendency to go long, over long. So who the hell knows? But uh, Triple H is obviously going to win. Batista's going to retire, and fuck it. Batista deserves. A, a good send-off. He walked away when he wanted to. He made a name for himself. And he's coming back solely to get that send-off. And more power to him. Hollywood does great things to wrestlers when they come back, right? <laughs> Did you like... He likes Hollywood Dave. Did you like Hollywood Rock? In Hollywood Rock was great. When he came, he was great, right? Yeah. War, uh, War didn't, Austin's didn't best. Didn't Terry Funk come back from Hollywood and was a heel, too? <laughs> Roadhouse. I, I think this is the. I mean, if you base it on the stipulation, um, I think it's pretty much. You said that I forget which match you said was a get Balor's match. It was like a hundred percent. I think this one's a hundred percent Triple H. Um, given the stipulation, I think this one's easy predict. But um, I, I hope it goes. It stays under twenty minutes. That's all I can really ask. Cause I know how long these big guys want to go. I'm sure. But um, yeah, Triple H will go over. Um, it'll be a decent match. I, I'm not too worried about it. I think Triple H is generally, in, in, you know, God forbid an injury happens again or he tears a pack, but um, he's good at sort of hiding any weaknesses and, you know, making the best of what, what they have. So, Yeah, I, I think more so than than many of the recent WrestleManias, this is is a show with a lot of obvious results i think but it's it's really about the journey how mm-hmm. do we get there and that's going to be the interesting part have we thrown out the fact that triple h gets hurt a lot maybe he doesn't want to wrestle anymore maybe that's why it's a retirement match because otherwise the stip is so meaningless that's right it is a retirement match Scratch everything I said earlier about three is one match done, <laughs> and it's three almost three o'clock in the fucking morning, guys. All right, I can't remember every goddamn thing that happens. <laughs> Love y'all, but um, I th- yeah, so I think it's a one match program, <laughs> and I think Triple H does go over on this one. It's eleven forty-five p.m. Pacific time, so yeah, but I have two kids, and that eleven forty-five feels like five in the morning now. So. <laughs> 
Remember when, I think the genesis of this entire program is the fact that Batista's in Guardian of the Galaxies, or Guardians of the Galaxy. They don't care at all. And they're like, big whoop. And it's a gigantic movie. He becomes a movie star. And he's like, screw you guys. Like, you know, you didn't believe in me. And so he comes back to WrestleMania. The movie that he's putting out after WrestleMania is a movie with a a young girl called My Spy. Hmm. It's kind of like um, the Rock playbook with... uh, what was the one where he played? He was playing football, and then the Tooth Fairy. No, <laughs> sorry, I didn't see it. Similar <laughs> theme, but he was the, he was the quarterback of the football team, and then he gets hurt. Oh yeah, 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 and yeah. And he has yeah, the little girl, the daughter, his daughter, or whatever, yeah. comes into his life. No, no, it's a different rock <laughs> movie. Oh, okay. I, I think it's a different rock movie. You know what though? I mean, Guardian Galaxy, big hit, big whip, but they Blade 3, all right, with Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> they both done Marvel movies. They done, yeah, exactly. They're, both, they're the Marvel family. I'm, I'm looking up this rock football movie because it's bothering me that I didn't figure oh, it no. out. Um, the Game Plan. Okay. That's the one. Not as good as Tooth Fairy. <laughs> no, it was way better than Tooth Fairy. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so there's only two more matches left. Um, I feel like we've gone through the whole WrestleMania. This is the longest show ever. <laughs> Actually, not, it, is, not, it is not. No, not, <laughs> no, no, not, not podcast. I mean, the this WrestleMania is gonna be so long, man. Oh right, only two more matches, and then we're done. Okay, Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins. I thought I've been saying this for weeks and weeks and weeks. Seth needs to get one over on Brock. He kind of did, and I thought it sucked big time. And Seth, it, this reminds me a little bit of when Dean Ambrose faced Brock Lesnar and Brock didn't want to do, really do anything because he was going to UFC and he kind of ate Dean's lunch and Dean was just like, well, what am I supposed to do? Not, I don't think that that's going to be the kind of match. I think they're going to actually have a really good match. But it makes me wonder if Seth is going to win this thing because if he does win, it's a fluke rather than what the fans are expecting or what they necessarily want. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it'd kind of be a mistake. And, may, and maybe the build hasn't gone the way that they hoped it was going to be. And maybe they had like thoughts that it was going to be a little bit bigger because Seth had gotten hurt and mm-hmm. he couldn't wrestle. Uh, but I just think if he wins this match, which I kind of expect him to do, I think it's going to be really flat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did not like what they did in Raw. It, it took basically two nut shots from Seth Rollins to take down Brock Lesnar. I think he needed something more that's going to get the fans get hyped about. I think he just kind of said that like, he has to do he has to get nut shots to stop Brock. I, but I still, I, I have a feeling that Seth is really is going to go over. I think um, I wonder how they how would they do it because Heyman's always going to protect Brock no matter what. Brock. You ain't getting tapped out. No, no. I don't. Here's the thing. Like, Brock, I don't think he's doing UFC stuff. I think he's always used it as leverage gain for more money WWE. I can see there's a good chance that he can retain. He can retain, and they can maybe this. Now they feel like they have Roman, you know, back to where the fans want to cheer him now. And, they, they, you know, they're over that bullshit. The fans should cheer him anyway because he's fucking fantastic. And he's great, but they're fucking assholes. And then, um, 
sorry, I'm just. It just pictures me nuts. That whole Roman stuff, Boone Roman, just just ridiculous. But anyways, I think you know maybe that they go now with that. What Vince will always want to do is put Roman over Brock, but that's such a tired thing. And so that's why I think they should do something totally out of the box that no one expects, is and have Drew be the guy that just beats Brock. I think it'd be cool. All right. Um, I just hope we don't get the formula again for a Brock Lesnar match. I'm, I'm like, I know I'm the minority here, but I, I do not want to see 18 German suplexes followed by a banana peel moment, and then Seth makes a comeback, and they exchange a couple finishers. Like, that's every Brock Lesnar match for the last five years. I feel like I'm going to get that, though. 18 German suplexes followed by a banana peel, and then Seth Rollins makes a comeback, and... Whoever wins. I mean, if there's anything positive I'll say about this match, it's that you really don't know who's going to win because you never know how Vince feels about Brock and if he's going to sign him or keep him on longer. So it's unpredictable, and that's good. I really don't know which way they're going to go, and I guess there's multiple options with either one going over. But I just would like to see something different, and I just don't feel like I ever get that with a Brock match, and I don't get why people still like watching this guy. It was great when he first came back, and even for like a year or two afterwards, but his matches to me are super stale. Do you guys think that Brock is going to fight in the UFC this year? Garrett? Nope. Negatory? (laughs) Dutra? I just want to say, first of all, Brock has fantastic fucking matches. Great match with Daniel Bryan. Great match with Finn Balor. Hell of a match. I, I love Brock, and I hope we get 18 German suplexes in the routine. So you say they're great matches, right? But they follow, like you said, Dutra, they follow the same formula. And I am on the Dutra camp. I, I think it's played out. I think it's the same thing over and over again. Um, I think... Like, real quick, in a vacuum, in a vacuum, you're, they are great matches. You watch them individually for just the story being told that night. They are. All of them are great. But watching him for as long as we have and you see the same thing over and over... You can't out of a vacuum. It's, I don't think they are. They're just it's formulaic. I will say this. I th- I was disappointed. A lot of people think this is a great match, and I have to probably rewatch. I only saw it live. Is Roman and Brock at WrestleMania 31? Like, I was kind of upset during this match because I thought like Roman needs to get more, like a little bit more on Brock. I thought he was getting eaten up way too much, and the crowd was like, kind of just like. Waiting for Roman to have this moment, and it took that you know the blood and the post and everything. I don't know. I just think I I remember being upset with that match a little bit. Not not. Rocky and Drago. Yeah, I just I but I don't think it is. I just I thought Roman it was the one guy that could go toe to toe with Brock, and it almost felt like oh he's just the same like as everyone else. He's kind of ragdolling them. And you need to have that in the beginning, but I thought Brock should definitely. I mean Roman should have definitely had a little more. I don't know where I read or heard this, but. I thought that the way that match was booked was Heyman's idea in a way to try to get Roman over because Roman was getting all that heat for no reason from the fans. They just wanted to see him lose, so they thought maybe if they do that thing where he's just getting pummeled and he's laughing at Brock, just getting his ass beat, and then he makes that comeback that fans were like, okay, I dig this kind of thing. And and I think it sort of worked a little bit because when he came out, he was getting booed 
um, pretty heavily at that building. But when he started, like, I remember watching, because we were all live there, um, that when he first smiled, he got kicked in the face or something, and he just looked at him, and his mouth is bleeding, he's smiling. That people like, oh, that's that, everyone like just really gave a good reaction. They popped for it. And then when he was making his comeback with the Superman punches and Brock is stumbling from corner to corner, like, it was just, I don't know. It was a great, I love that match. I know he, I have to rewatch it again, but for something, I think I just enjoyed that whole WrestleMania. That that's my first WrestleMania I've ever seen live. I think it was a special. It was so much fun. I just don't want to like change the memories in my mind of what I saw live. But have you never watched that match? Never watched never that watched WrestleMania. No. Nope. Oh wow. See, I uh, the the reason I asked everybody is uh, whether Lesnar would fight again this year is because. I personally don't think he will. And I, I think that he, just like Dutra said, I think earlier, maybe John said, but uh, I think he tends to use that as leverage. And, and I think Vince is in love with the idea of Lesnar. I think that Seth Rollins is going to lose. I think Lesnar's going to retain. I think that Vince just loves Lesnar to the extent that he hasn't found the right person to beat him. And I don't think it's Roman. I, I, it might be Drew. It might be somebody else. But I think this is going to be one of those surprise results where um, people are going to be shocked because they're going to expect Seth to win, but he won't. And I think Lesnar's going to retain. And sometime down the line, he's going to lose that belt, but it won't be to Seth. Mm-hmm. Kofi Kingston and Brock Lesnar, Survivor <laughs> Series. All right, so the final match here... We're finally at the end of this, uh, and it's going to be the one that we argue about probably the most. Ronda Rousey, Charlotte, and Becky, main event, triple threat, both belts on the line. I actually don't think we're going to argue with who should win. I think it's pretty clear with who should win. Now, maybe how she should win. No. I'll, I'll probably be the one arguing about that, but... Um, what did you th- before we before we get to that? I just want to ask John what he thought of the angle on Monday where everyone gets arrested. I thought it was just too goofy for this. Too goofy. I don't know what they're going for. I think it was just too much theatrics a little bit. I still think they. I still think they sh- they could have gone the old school like not old school route, but like I still think I think they should have done a lot of training stuff. A lot of like, both women or all three women doing like different training and. The whole like UFC, uh, you know, not not um, was that the uh, was that special the countdown? Show? Countdown, yeah, like a countdown style show, like within Raw, right? You show they, they did that for Gargano and Adam Cole actually on mm. and put it on YouTube, and they did it for Brock and Rock, and it was fucking fantastic stuff. So I kind of like to see that. Then this kind of like over the top goofiness and. Cops put them in the same car together. Like that's not that's very unrealistic, <laughs> and I it, it was just it was just silly and a lot of things can go wrong and someone can get hurt. Okay, but. okay, I agree. I completely agree with that part of it. Um, but when they, some of it was really dumb because the fact that one of them does something, then gets arrested or gets handcuffed, the other one follows <laughs> the exact same thing to get handcuffed. And then the third person follows the exact same thing to get handcuffed. That was really dumb. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things where the performers make really bad uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, plans and they actually turn it into something that's not super terrible. I thought Rhonda trying to judo trip the police officers was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> like she's trying, like I thought she was going to get them too. I literally thought that one of the, one of the police officers was going to take a tumble because it was so good. And this is this, my, my thought was when I was watching this is that Rhonda's real. The other two aren't real. And that was maybe the thing that stood out the most because she was so good at performing, being pissed off, being angry, being frustrated, trying to fight her way out of that. And Charlotte and Becky couldn't keep up. <laughs> that doesn't mean that the match should change, but that, I thought that was maybe the weakest part of the, of the whole thing. Now, the goofiness in the car, I, it, was, it was more just entertaining and funny to me. When, but Charlotte did hit Ronda with a pretty nasty running knee that I thought was cool. I thought that was really cool. Um, I think Becky's going to win. I think Becky has been the most disappointing out of the three when push comes to shove with the promos and with the, um, just the wrestling. I think Ronda's, I think if Ronda was really going to stick around, um, it would be interesting what they did, what they do with the booking. But, um, yeah, I think I think Becky's going to get a chance. So here, here's what it reminds me of, and I'll, and I'll let you guys talk. Remember when Shawn Michaels beats Bret Hart at WrestleMania 12? Shawn is the guy, right? Bret says something to the effect of, we'll see how you do without me. And I sort of feel the same thing about Becky. Let's see how Becky does without Ronda, mm-hmm. because that's really going to be the test. If she can stay over, then she's fantastic and she's doing a great job. And I think she's, I think she's been really good, but I have this weird feeling that the second Rhonda leaves, a lot of the reason why you watch Becky and why you root for Becky and why you're so behind Becky may also leave. So I think they're going to have their hands full with that part. But that being said, Becky should win this match. I don't think she should submit her. I think she should beat her with a pro wrestling outsmarting her because she's a veteran pro wrestler and Ronda's a rookie pro wrestler. I don't think I'm going to get my wish, but that's my take on, on the whole thing. Um, I like what you said about, um, I like what you said about that. I, I think, I think the finish is going to be as simple as the disarmor when the both, I think that's what they're going to want that moment. I love what you said about the follow-up because WWE's weakness has always been the follow-up lately, lately at least, at least the last few years. So, yeah, what happens with Becky? Is, is she still over? Is it? Uh, does she still keep the momentum? Um, uh, I, I, I want to say no, just because I, I, the way that WWE has on the least main roster, has followed up with stuff, and it always kind of just, just instead of peaking, it just kind of goes down. So, I'll say disarmor on Ronda because I, yeah, I think she's leaving, and then. Um, and then you have you know Charlotte there to you know continue a program with. I kind of disagree with Garrett in the sense that um, I don't know. I uh, it, it's really interesting to me. Um, I, I number one, I think that Becky is winning. Obviously, I think she's going to be Ronda. She's going to maybe not make her submit, but she's going to pin her. I think, um, and I think Ronda is going to leave. I think Ronda is then going to come back another point down the line and they're going to do the one-on-one but with Becky John I I, th- I think you're right she, 
WWE, I think, has always been horrible with following up. This, to me, is like Hogan Warrior, where Becky is on the rise. She is the, um, the heir apparent, but there's no way that they're going to be able to make this work, I think. She's going to lose steam. But I think that the, you know, the slight hope is the fact that Becky, I think, was stronger before Ronda. I think that Becky was so hot after SummerSlam, after the whole uh, Charlotte uh, turn, I think. And then through Evolution and through TLC when she lost the belt. Um, I think her, other than the first promo that was amazing, I think she's gone down significantly since being paired up with Ronda. Um, So I think Ronda leaving isn't going to necessarily affect her. I think she has the opportunity to just you know make it work but i just think i don't have the confidence in the wwe to to do it right um but hopefully ronda um comes back and she has the one-on-one match with becky and and it makes it um and they make it something memorable but i think for mania uh, lynch is winning she's gonna pin ronda and she's gonna win the title you and I, uh, Rubio, see more eye to eye on this. Um, I always, well, f- first and foremost, um, I think Becky. You're, Becky's not really affected by whether Ronda leaves or not. I think she's affected by bad booking. Um, she has been compared to like the Steve Austin for the women's side, but she's not being booked like Steve Austin. Um, she was on crutches for the majority of this run, and it made her look. Week and I don't think that's her fault. I think that's the booking. And unfortunately, she's going to take the blame for not being able to perform at what the top person would, or the top man, or whatever top girl would be expected. But it's like it's bad booking. Um, and you're right; she was hotter before they even got her involved with Ronda. Um, I do think for this match, all the heat was always with Becky and Ronda from the beginning. And I, I, at about a a month ago, I was adamant about that, and I will say that in the last three to four weeks, they've done a really good job getting Charlotte involved and getting a lot of heat with her. So now I actually think going into um, Sunday, well now it's Friday, yeah. going into Sunday show, um, it, um, I think there's a good amount of heat for all three going each direction. Charlotte against Becky, Becky against Ronda, Ronda against it's it's um so I'm really looking forward to this match. I do think Becky wins. Um I've said from day 1 that she needs to and this all ultimately this really depends on if Ronda's coming back or not, but the impression I was given is that she's leaving. So if that's the case, I do think she needs to be tapped out cuz ultimately you need to give the rub to whoever is supposed to take that torch and move on. I'm not on that Ronda. I'm sorry. I'm not on the Ronda bag when I got about like, oh, it's, it, she's a wrestler now. So we're playing pro wrestler here. You can't make her exactly like everybody else though, right? Especially if she's going to come back, like if Rubio thinks she's going to come back. Well, that's, that's the key though. Is she coming back or not? And if she is, yeah, we could probably change that. We can have her get pinned and say we never tapped out. Let's do, you know, I totally get that. I'm just making my decision based on the fact that she has said she's leaving and let's assume she's going to have a kid or whatever. She's going to be gone for a while, if not forever. She had a great run. If that's truly the case, then she needs to be submitted. 
because that would be the ultimate rub for Becky and give her the biggest boost that she would need to take the, the ball and run with it. So I saw the YouTube video that WWE <laughs> uploaded where they told Ronda backstage, I think, that Joan Jett was going to uh, play her walkout song at Manium. And she just totally broke whatever character she is playing now. <laughs> she was giddy. She was happy. She was jumping up and down. I think she really does love this. And I know that people are speculating that, you know, with the fans turning on her, she's, she might have soured on, on this wrestling thing. But I, I don't see that. I think she sees this for what it is. I think people are, you know, coaching her and telling her what, you know, what this business kind of can be. Um, at times, and I, I think she, she, she's being helped through that if she needs any help. Um, so I think she's coming back. I think she's going to come back. She knows that there's money to be made. I know there's uh, awesome feuds and memories and, and, and feuds to be had, and I think she's going to come back. The thing, though, is that, to me, Rhonda has been, th- these last 12 months, this is one of the best years for her, uh, a rookie, in the history of, of, of wrestling. And I think WWE want her, they want her back. I think she will want to come back. And I think she is a benefit to the business. She's a benefit to, to the company. And so I look forward to her coming back and, and, and completing the story with Becky. And this is probably the match that I'm most looking forward to. Not just because me personally, I want to see what happens, but I have a non-wrestling you know, fan girlfriend who is so invested in this in this thing, partly because she knew of Rhonda from the UFC. She wants to know what what's happening, what's going to happen, and she is completely interested. She's going to watch this show on the network on Sunday without anybody else. She's going to be by by, by herself. She's going to watch. Hopefully, most of the, you know, eight hours, nine hours, or whatever it is, for this main event. And this is going to be a big event for a lot of little girls and a lot of teenagers and a lot of women in general because this is the first time and this is being promoted as such. This is one of the more important matches in the history of the company. And I think they're going to do a great job, hopefully. Um, and I think they're, they're going to do the right thing. I think they're conscious conscientious of, of of what this all means and expect a good intricately laid out match and i think that ronda is going to be aware of the moment and i i think she's going to take it for what it is and she's going to uh, make the most of it so I, this is the one single match that i'm looking most forward to i will say steve austin if he was asked to do something stupid he said no the Rock, Ric Flair, all made chicken salad out of chicken mess. So I agree that the the, the booking can be kind of bad, but I think it. I think the best the the best performers make it something. So I it's possible that Becky could be given bad stuff, but it's also up to her to make it good. And if she is going to be the top star, which she is booked to be the top star of the entire company based off of this show, then she's going to make it, she's going to get over no matter what. I am taking the cynical viewpoint on that because I think a lot of the, her rise is based on her getting removed out of that match with Ronda. But um, 
I, ho- I hope she does a fantastic job because I'm a fan of hers, but I, I sort of see it a little bit differently. Um, okay, so I think we had a really good discussion about this show. We probably put more thought into our thoughts than uh, maybe even the booking from, a, from a, um, a, a logistical and logical standpoint. That doesn't mean the show's not going to be good. I think the show's going to be pretty darn good. There may be some rough points, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like I look forward to every WrestleMania um, but so, uh, tomorrow we are going to go see takeover. Mm-hmm. That's probably going to be the best show of the entire weekend. Um, mm. ROH new Japan mm. is on Saturday and we're going to go see that show as well. The scuttlebutt is they're going to midnight. That could be a five and a half to six hour show at Madison square garden. Um, so we're going to see great wrestling we're going to have a great time. Any last thoughts before we get out of here? No, it's been a fun trip, and I really appreciate uh, you know, Garrett and Rubio and Dave for making this happen for myself. You know, I didn't, didn't expect to be here, but, you know, I, I really appreciate you guys and doing all you can for me, and it's definitely a memory I'm going to have for a lifetime because we're going to be friends for a lifetime, and I love you guys, and thank you so much. Anybody else? I am ecstatic that John is here with us. Um, when we first got these tickets, you know, the, when we planned out this trip, um, the idea was that John was, was not going to be here with us, but fuck, I mean, I can say that John is uh, exponentially a hundred times a better fan than I could ever be. Um, and so he deserves to be here. <laughs> no, no. So, so, so John deserves to be here with us as Roddy, as everybody else uh, here. But um, this is an awesome uh, weekend so far. We're only the second day in, right? Uh, and so I can't wait for the rest. And I kind of wish that we would have more of these shows uh, just to discuss the fallout, the reviews of every single... Because we're going to have... Takeover, which could very well be the best show of the weekend. We c- will have MSG on Saturday, which is, could very well be the best show of the weekend. Um, Bloodsport was tonight, and Bloodsport was one of the better shows I've ever been um, in attendance for. So, great weekend, great memories. Yay for friendship. <laughs> Hashtag friendship. I'll just say that you guys should thank me. I sort of predicted that this New Japan show would go to midnight. And that's why I did not book a Sunday morning 6 a.m. flight. I pushed it out to 10.05. So at least we'll get maybe a good five hours of sleep before we have to get ready for the airport. Uh, yeah, I may not But I expected sleep. that show to go very long. So. And JR closes the show with the good night. <laughs> All right, I'm going to end this with a callback to a line that I gave John when I first started talking about this Ronda Becky stuff. Jay-Z, when he first retired in 2004, I believe, with the Black Album, he had a song called What More Can I Say? And the idea behind the song was that everyone was hating on him, and they were hating on him because he was the best. So he ends that song saying... I'm supposed to be number one on everybody's list. We'll see what happens when I no longer exist. Becky, if Becky is the, the man, she's going to 
no matter what, she's going to make, make it work and she's going to be the top star on WWE. That's what I hope. But I think the gauntlet is thrown out there if Ronda does take some time off and she is, she's got to do it kind of, you know, with Charlotte, you know, as much as possible. But that's going to be a battle and, and I hope she does it because uh, I'm a big fan of her. So we'll end it with that. Um, and like I said, John and I will be back next week to uh, get back to our Raws. We won't have the road to WrestleMania anymore. I'm detoxing from wrestling <laughs> after this trip. I'm about to skip another week. No, no you're, you're going to be right back in the 93 I will, Raws. I'm a freak. I'm still trying uh, to figure out how I'm going to see Ikemen tomorrow. So <laughs> come join me at WrestleCon. And, uh, and we'll kind of, you know, we'll wrap up stuff that, uh, that, that we saw this week live. Just, you know, insights, live insights. But thanks to the heartbreak kid, David Rubio. Thanks to the future, Dave Dutra. Thanks to Rod the Bod, Rodney, and even uh, and even Jr. who was uh, hanging out and being as silent as he possibly could be, listening to us and uh, and stuff. So, and also for John LaRocca, of course. I'm Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.